Thank you for joining the Capital Church Podcast. We believe that Jesus is for you and that through these expressions of our community, you will find hope, healing, and belonging. To learn more, join us live every week online and visit our website at capitalchurch.co or send us an email at info at I hope you've had a good week. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you made it here today. You guys, you guys excited to be here? All right, turn to your other neighbor and you know what you want me to say. Go Broncos. You can, Boise State Broncos. You do that. Um, I, I want to share just a few thoughts. I actually wanted to sit, but um, this chair is a little wobbly. Is it good? Okay. I might sit. Who knows what's going to happen today. But I, I want to share just a... Well, maybe I'm not going to sit. I need to lose some weight, guys. All right. Uh, today, I just... I want to talk about... And this is a passion of my heart. I want to talk about being people of the Spirit. As we move forward into this summer, and how many of you were at the 40, 40th uh, anniversary celebration? So we, we, we're, we're in a strategic moment as a church, and I really believe that God's doing new things in us as a corporate body. And I also believe that God is doing new things in us personally. Can you get an amen to that? And I really believe the Holy Spirit. If you, if you can expect this, everyone say Expect. You can expect this. I really believe the Holy Spirit is going to surprise you in this next season of life with his love, his mercy, his grace, his purpose, dreams that he's put in your heart, things you've been praying about, God's going to answer in remarkable ways. So we feel that and we sense that. But in this, this season, I really have uh, been praying through this um, felt like the Holy Spirit bring me back to our core mission as a church. And there's a series of core things that we believe when, it, when it's related to our church and our mission and what God's called us to do in terms of building for the kingdom of God in this valley. But this is a core mission that I want to flesh out today, and it's this. I want to make it as hard as possible for people not to encounter the living presence of Jesus. I want to be a people that, that do not just simply have a form of religion and then they tolerate a powerless gospel. I want us to learn to walk in the power of God. Amen? Culturally, and I think this is really important for us to understand, this has been happening for a while, but culturally the tectonic plates are shifting from just wanting a rational belief Right? Rational belief is good, like a coherent story. We, we want to have a belief that matters and that coheres with reality. But I think there are a lot of people in the church and even outside the church, they just don't want some rational belief, but they want to move into a rational belief plus a genuine encounter with God. I think people are more open to experience the Holy Spirit than they've ever had before. I just listened recently to, thank you. Yes, this is perfect. Thank you. I, I just listened recently to a podcast and the pastor, um, on his way to church and he's sharing some of his thoughts, saw a local psychic 
And uh, what was shocking to him, because there was a line outside the house that went around the corner. So people were, people were lining up to get inside this house where this psychic was reading these, these young people, their, their palms, right? Telling them the future. It, it, it's in microcosm, a way of saying that people want something real and people want something genuine, right? Now this has happened in Denver and they build people differently in Denver, right? But I, I think people in our culture more than ever before want something real. They want something genuine. They, they, they want to have a belief that makes a difference in their life, that challenges them. They want a God that's bigger than their expectations. They want something that transcends just their, their normal day-to-day life. They want a, a profound sense of purpose. And so I think the question that we need to ask ourselves is, why isn't there a line outside many churches today? People are going to the psychics. People are going to the palm readers, the mystics. People are searching for truth. Do you believe that? I, I, it's, it's funny. I've just, in my personal life, I've, I'm more aware of how people are searching out meaning more than they, ha- they, they have had before. So we are in a unique strategic time as the people of God. So why isn't there more lines outside of our churches today? And I, that's a complicated question because I think there are different growth seasons for churches. Um, so I don't want to just give you like, it's all because we're dead churches and we're filled with dead people. And that's not what I'm saying. So I, I think there are unique experiences that every church has. However, I really do believe that if it's in some cases, it could be that some churches have forgotten that God is alive. And I don't want to be that church. I mean, if you were to do a a detailed analysis of our culture and you were to ask the question, where would you go to have a spiritual encounter? What, What do you think the world would say? In the words of this one pastor, would, would the church be in the top five to ten? Would, would we rank the church in the top five, ten? Do we, do we expect God to move on a Sunday? Do we believe that God can heal cystic fibrosis on a Sunday? Do we believe that God is alive? And then he wants to show himself to you? Or do we just believe that we can just, we just have an abstract faith and we just kind of live our lives in the dark and that God is some great mystery who never reveals himself to, to us and tantalizes us with false promises. We don't believe that. And I want to push us today to, to expect that God in this next season, not just on Sundays, but in our personal daily walk with Christ, that we are going to experience the Holy Spirit in fresh dimensions. And I'm going to say, and we are going to encounter the power of God. 
So when we talk about the power of God, and I'm going to just flesh this, this concept out. I'm just sharing, this is stream of consciousness uh, this morning. I'm usually very didactic, but I'm just, I'm trying to share my heart with you because when we talk about the power of God, I'm going to unpack this a little bit. What I'm not saying is that we're, okay, I'm going to create a spiritual environment. Our worship team and our teaching team and our elders are going to create a spiritual environment for you where, where we can do the weirdest things possible and call that the Holy Spirit, right? So some of you are like, when we talk about the power of God in, in church, maybe you've had a bad experience or maybe you've heard of churches that do crazy, weird things and they sanction that as the Holy Spirit. I promise you one thing. I'm too rational for that, right? God has not called us to do weird things. So when we talk about the power of God, I know maybe some of us are feeling a little bit squeamish when we talk about power as it relates to the Holy Spirit, but I want to encourage you, we are not here. I'll say it this way. I'm not a thrill seeker. I'm not an adrenaline junkie. I have no desire to jump across the Grand Canyon or climb Yosemite Mountain, right? I, I just, I don't think that's us. I'm not bored in life. And so I'm like, okay, we need more, something more sensational in church. No, I believe the Holy Spirit is the source of our life. The Holy Spirit is the primary person of the Trinitarian community of eternal love and others-focused delight, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, who wants to empower us to be who God has called us to be. So my challenge here today is shouldn't we expect if Jesus is the King of Kings and that he was crucified for the sins of the world, and then he broke through the veil of death and came out the other side solidly alive. Like he physically alive. And then he ascended into heaven. And please hear me, heaven is not some disembodied location, like an abstraction of our mind that we can't figure out. No, heaven is a, is a very, um, it's, it's closely intimate uh, or intimately closely related to this world. It's, it's, it's an executive control room wherein God reigns over the universe and that Jesus right now in heaven is enthroned over the universe and he's fully alive and more real than us? An embodied person? Jesus, fully God, fully man. And then he poured out his spirit on his church? If that story, that's our story, that Jesus came back from the dead, was enthroned, is now ruling the universe physically through wisdom and grace and love, and then he has given his people his spirit. Shouldn't we expect a difference in our gatherings? Maybe a little bit? Guys, and I'm not saying that we got to like become thrill seekers. And again, seek the spectacle and go from conference to conference to conference so we can encounter a manipulated experience. I'm not into hype. I'm into experiencing the real, genuine work of the Holy Spirit in our church. Shouldn't we expect God in our personal lives? I think we should. I think we should. think we should. So when I was, I've shared this before, but when I encountered the Holy Spirit at the age of 18, it was as if the, the veil of 
reality was drawn back. It was like I just, I remember saying to God, you're real. And I grew up, had the best parents, went to church, knew that God loved me, but at the age of 18, something changed. And the words that I can use, and I'm borrowing some language here, it felt like liquid love that I was like baptized into the love of God. And I remember saying to myself, God, you are so real and you are so present and you are so there. And it, it, that day when I encountered the Holy Spirit, it changed the fundamental structure of my life, changed my constitution. My encounter with the Holy Spirit changed how I thought, my perceptions, my sense of direction, my vision on life was radically changed. I still had my problems, still had to uh, work through the process of being transformed and made into the image of God, and we're still in that process when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. But in that moment, I was given a new sense of direction, new sense of purpose. I felt like I could go higher. It, It felt like I was dragged into this I don't know, this cycle of immaturity in the Holy Spirit as he filled me that day at the, or that night at the age of 18. I felt like the Holy Spirit just drew me up out of whatever I was in and I could see clearly. I was changed. The fundamental structure of my constitution and my entire person and my personality was transformed in that moment. And I think we can have the same thing today. Again, I, I just, this is the challenge. I want to make it as hard as possible for people who come to our church on a Sunday and then on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then on Sunday again, to not encounter the living presence of Jesus. Guys, is God real? Like I'm getting so loud here, right? Is God really real? Thank you for that, amen. (laughs) Sweet little child. That was beautiful. God is real. Guys, and he can make a difference in your marriage. He can make a difference in your personality. He can do whatever he wants to do. Am I being melodramatic this morning? I hope I'm not being melodramatic. But I, 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 I want you to know that Guys, we are in a new season in the life of our church. So I'm going to go Bishop Jake's on you. Get ready, 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 right? So we, anyway, first Corinthians 14, I love this passage. It's, it's all about the stuff that the spirit of God does. And it's, it's about order. And Paul is, is speaking to the church of Corinth and tried to bring order And what he's talking about is the spirituals. He's like, okay, when you prophesy, understand that God will speak through you. And I love this passage, 1 Corinthians 14, and it's probably verse 15 or 16. He says, when you prophesy and when unbelievers come into your gathering, the secrets of their heart will be exposed and they will worship God and declare, I love this, and will declare that God is really among you. Do we have an expectation that that can happen on a Sunday? That that can happen at my place of work? That that can happen in my 
interpersonal relationships. Monday, Wednesday, right? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. First service, sometimes it's hard. I'm just like, I'm trying to wake up, right? More coffee, please. This is, to me, I think we find this is what the Holy Spirit wants to do more than we want or expect. I'll say it that way. Let me, say, let me say this. I don't think the case is, and I've been in ministry for a long time, I don't think the case is we overshoot the moon with God. I, I don't think the, the majority of the cases, God's like, oh, there's too much faith. <laughs> ah, stop it, right? No, I think if, if, if we're honest with ourselves, the case usually is that we manage our expectations and that our expectations are uh, lower than they should be. For, for example, there's a story that I just recently heard. Someone came to a church and uh, he was a guest speaker. I mean, this guy has, man, he is, he's confident. And he comes to this church, he's a guest speaker, and at the end of his message, he could not stop um, thinking about a person. And so he's done with this message and he's at the first service of this church and he goes, I just feel like the Holy Spirit is saying that there's someone in this room that you're living under this cloud of shame. And the shame is connected to how you see your teeth. Everyone say teeth. Everyone's like, teeth? He goes, you, you, you won't even smile. He's just giving detail to detail about this individual who can't smile because they are embarrassed about the condition of their teeth. And he goes, I just wanna, I just wanna let you know God wants to set you free from that shame. And that God wants to, fill you so, wants to fill you up with his love today. Is there anyone like that? No one raised their hand, right? So he just kind of did what pastors do. Well, okay, I see that hand. No, no, he didn't. He didn't. I see that hand. No, I, I have never done that, guys. I promise. That's, I have never done that before. But I know other pastors that have done that. And... You know, he just prayed and then he ended the service and he was like, wow, I just, that was interesting because he really felt like it was, it, was, it, it was God. So we went to the second service. It was across town and he's preaching again. And he completely forgot about what the Holy Spirit spoke to him. So he's preaching, he's done with his message. And then he felt it strongly again that he was supposed to call someone out about their teeth. And so he gets up and he's a little more sheepish. And he goes, hey, I... I just feel like there's someone in this room, you're living under a cloud of shame, and it's about your teeth. And you were embarrassed, and uh, it has affected your life, and Jesus today, right now, wants to set you free. And then he goes, in all honesty, I felt this strongly first service at the other campus, and he goes, guys, no one responded. So, I'm just gonna be faithful and obedient. How many of you know that it's important that we're faithful? Yeah. If it sounds crazy, Great. right? most important things, don't worry about the outcome, worry about being faithful. And so he just steps out in faithfulness and he says, okay, I'm just going to, here it is. He's like, oh God, please. Right. In his mind. And then all of a sudden a man finally lifts his hand, comes up to the front and just starts weeping. And then he looks up at this guest speaker and says, I was there at first service. And I was so filled with shame about my teeth that I could not raise my hand to respond to your prophetic message about my teeth. And then he goes on to say, I left the service and I told God, 
I will go to this other campus, which is 25 minutes away or whatever, which he's never been to. And if I go to that campus and if the pastor does the same thing, I will respond to that word. Teeth. Teeth. That's how much God cares for you, your teeth. Teeth. Many people, we just think that God cares just for like the, what we will call the big stuff. You know what I mean? Guys, God cares for your teeth and how you perceive yourself. That man, I guarantee, walked away with a fresh realization that God was real. Again, we want to make it hard for people not to encounter the living presence of God. You see, here's the thing really quick. Sense, sense words describe our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2 says at the day of Pentecost, wind and fire engulf the house that the disciples were in. Wind. What does it feel like when you're, like last night it was really windy. Or a couple of weeks ago, there was this huge lightning storm. It felt like War of the Worlds, right? Just the rumbling of lightning and wind and thunder. Right? That, that's, that's a sensory, sensory experience when you're in wind. When you see fire, there's, you, can, you can see it. You can smell it. Hopefully, you don't touch it, right? right. So when it comes to the Holy Spirit, there's a, there's a sensory element to it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says you were baptized into the body of Christ and you were made to drink. You were made to drink of the Holy Spirit. Baptizo means to be fully immersed. And to drink is evocative language that gives us an understanding of that. When we are walking in step with the Holy Spirit, we should have a sense of his presence and his goodness in our lives. Psalm 34 says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Guys, that's tactile. Not just abstract that the Lord is good and just merely think about it. And those are important things. We need to think correctly about our relationship with the Lord. But there's also a sense that we should have some encounter with the living presence of the Holy Spirit. So here's the thing. I think we need more than good thoughts. I think we need more than hype. I think we need more than wise maxims if we want to build for the kingdom of God in this generation. Gen Z and Alpha. You know what they want? They want something real. Young people want something genuine. They want integrity. Yes, they want a coherent story that corresponds with reality. But guys, we are living in a strategic moment in American history. People are asking the fundamental questions about life in ways I have not seen in my lifetime. People are hungry for something real. And are we going to give it to them? We're going to give it to them. You see, when, when we follow in step with the Holy Spirit, here's the thing that happens. God empowers your life. Acts 1.8 says, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you and you will receive power to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So when we talk about the power of God, see, when you follow and you are filled with the Holy Spirit, 
you will have power in your life. Not for the purpose of self-actualization. Not just so you can manipulate an experience with God. Can I get an amen to that? Not just so you can have some special, intimate relationship that is with the Holy Spirit that is cut off from really serving and using your gifts and stewarding what God has given you for the sake of other people. God gives us power. Why? So we can partner with Jesus and his mission of rescuing the world. God empowers us to partner with Jesus by using our gifts, our talents, our resources for the sake of the kingdom of God. And it's through what God has given us and through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives are changed. So, when we receive the power of God for mission, I just feel like I'm being really dramatic here this morning. For mission, what should we expect, guys? Power. Breakthrough. Transformation. Keep on going. I'm just listening now. Salvation. Freedom. Right? Bondage is broken. Pulling strongholds down. What about a thousand students in the next several years at Boise State baptized? Mm, that, was, that was pretty weak, guys. No? Worship team, where are you? You're somewhere around here in the building. What if, what if as you follow the Holy Spirit and you are filled with his presence and his power, that God would give you a, a new capacity to write songs that lead people to Jesus in fresh ways, that gives honor to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And as you give voice and sum up the praises and longings and, and desires of the human heart directed towards God, that God would use those songs to unlock, yes. unlock the human heart and that would cause God's love to be poured out into the hearts and minds of people. Amen. Youth, I'm just, okay, youth. Why can't we on Wednesday nights fill this place with a thousand kids who are hungry and passionate for Jesus? Well, the sociologists say that where it's the end of religion. Why did I pretend like I was smoking? Like, I'm just saying, that's, that's how I usually think critics are. Critic criticizing and typing on their keyboard and smoking a cig, right? Like, what's wrong with me? What, what? Guys, power. I, and and let, me, let me say this really quick. There are some people in this room, I haven't even told them, and they're really good communicators, and I've been listening to them, but I believe that in the next few years, they're going to be world-class communicators. And that's not going to come about because they're great. It's going to come about because they are empowered by the Holy Spirit. I, I mean, I could just keep on going and going and going. Why can't we be a place of healing in this place? Okay, so I'm just, I'm just throwing, I'm throwing it out there. Why, why can't we become a healing center that on Sundays, people from around the world come 
people broken by life and maybe with broken marriages. Maybe people have been in ministry that have been broken by scandals and, and difficult things that they've experienced. And they come to this church in the droves and they come up to the altar and they encounter the power of God and God brings healing to their life. I just, I, I want us to expect, I want us to expect more yes. from God. Can we believe thousands over the next few years can be radically saved? Yes. Do we believe that, man, I just, what about, what about, I'm just, hey, this, I'm just going for it. Why can't we just, why, why don't we take this church, Capital Church, and plant over the next 20 years, 50 churches across the country? Some of you, like, I, I, I'm just prophesying right now. I think some of you don't realize, if, if you're open to the Holy Spirit, you don't realize that in the next few years, when you look back at this moment in time, you will be so different yeah. Yeah, good. that all you can do is like Psalm 26, is like just laugh. All you can do is like just thank God because of what he has taken you through and how he has changed your life and how he has transformed you. Some of you, God, if, if you all want it, right? How many of you want this? That in the next few years, you're going to be completely different. Your capacity for God's going to grow. Your capacity for ministry is going to grow. Come on, somebody. That there are dreams in your heart that God wants to bring to fulfillment. I think there's some dreams that some of you have when it comes to business and God wants to bless you because you have integrity and you're not just about making the, the, the bottom line. You're not just about the grind and those things are important, but you're about the kingdom of God and you realize that God wants to bless you to bless the world and you are a blessing kind of person and that God you know has given you a, a business acumen and you understand how to do things in the world of business and your desire is to bless people through the gifts that he has given you. And who knows in the next several years that we're going to have multiple ministries that are connecting with people who would never set foot inside this door. And it's through your ministry and through, through your business that God is going to bless people in this city. And the, the secrets of their heart will be exposed and they will give worship to, to Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And they will say, guys, God is really real. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And here's the thing. This is, what, this is my experience with the Holy Spirit. That when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, reality, in the words of one pastor, is filled out. Reality is filled out. What, it, what could that possibly mean? Well, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we're not saying that, okay, we can escape from reality or we become less of ourselves. What we're saying is that reality becomes more fully what it's supposed to be. Right? right. This world is thin. This world, think about it like, so I'm old enough where I can say this. I'm a young Gen Xer. I'm the youngest. I'm practically a millennial, guys, okay? (laughs) So stop judging my age, right? I'm still young. Uh, but, But I'm old enough Um, to have the experience of going to my grandparents who lived in Gooding, Idaho in the summer and they had a little TV and they had one channel and the TV was in black and white. And it's funny. 
It's funny how I saw the world back then. The news was black and white. The shows were all kind of black and white. And I remember watching these shows and it just felt like the humans on the TV in a black and white setting were not fully human. Isn't that funny? My kids, it's funny, my kids now, they won't watch any movie past like 1998 or before 1998, right? They're, they're, they're movie TV snobs, you know? But isn't it funny how you kind of, you, you go back and maybe you watch a black and white and it just feels like back then things were different. Like reality isn't full, it's thin, it's monochromatic, it's black, it's uns, black and white, it's unsubstantial. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, reality is filled out where it's almost like everything turns to color. Light, you, you become more truly yourself. You enter into a, another dimension. Life and relationships become more thick and more substantive, not monochromatic and mangled and wrecked by the ravages of our world. You are rescued and plucked out of a muted, monochromatic, thin world, and you are brought into a spacious, expansive understanding and experience with the Holy Spirit. Is that weird? Doesn't matter. That's, that's, I think it's good. Chris, that was really good. I haven't done that in a while. That was really good. So here we come to our passage, our teaching passage. So the Holy Spirit comes to give you power. The Holy Spirit, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, reality becomes more fully itself. You begin to see things in, in different ways, better ways. There's a new sense of direction, a new sense of purpose. We come to this teaching text in Luke chapter 11. Jesus uses three, and I'm just going to land here and then I want to pray for us, uses three present imperatives. He says, ask, seek, knock. And when we say ask, ask. we want to say seek, seek. Knock. knock. Right? The predicate here is obviously you ask, you seek, you knock for the promised Holy Spirit. Other passages will translate a little bit different. Uh, when you ask, seek, knock, you will receive wisdom. You will receive good gifts from God. All of those things are true. But in this present passage, it's we are called to ask, seek, knock for the promised Holy Spirit in our life. Ask. What's ask? It's a request. It's a request. So Jesus is inviting us into the lifestyle of the kingdom of God. And it, at the very bottom of your experience in the kingdom of God is learning to request or to ask God for the Holy Spirit and for good things. This, and remember, these are three present imperatives. So this is a command. This is not an optional thing that we do every now and then. This is a command, right? Ask, seek, knock for the promised Holy Spirit is, um, is not like a dessert to dinner. Because my, when we go out, we go out occasionally with, with our family. It's occasionally because we shut every place down that we go to. Occasionally, on the occasion that we go to a restaurant, we might ask for dinner, or excuse me, dessert. We, we usually focus on dinner, and then we destroy the table 
at that point, we know that, that our relationship with the management is on thin ice. And we're like, children, let's get out of here, right? And we're trying to clean everything up. So we usually don't think about dessert, right? Many people think that when it comes to the Holy Spirit, when it comes to asking, seeking, and knocking, it's more like dessert of the kingdom of God. Right? That somehow optional. No, these are three present imperatives that depict the lifestyle of the kingdom of God. So if you want to entertain and walk within the environment and the atmosphere of heaven on a consistent basis, as you walk in step with the Holy Spirit, ask, seek, knock are imperatives. And so when we make a request, it's just the, the, the cosmos is structured in such a way that requesting does something to the heart of God. Um, my wife, she, she bought 19 chickens. And I never use this word, guys, except for this one instance. And I teach my kids, don't use this word ever because it's a really, you know, it's a word that we don't want to use. But I can safely say, I hate chickens. <laughs> hate them. Guys, I'd kill them today and eat them, right? Like, what's wrong with you, Chris? I don't know. I hate them, right? Um, one day, it was a couple, of, I, and I told my wife, I made it very clear, I'm not responsible for them at all. <laughs> so good luck, right? Like we got so much going on. So we, we kind of have an agreement, but one day stuff happened and then I had to go out and take care of the chickens. Well, it was so weird, this one big chicken came up to me and the, I, you don't want to have chickens? You don't want a chicken farmer in here? You've ever experienced chickens? Okay. Ugh. This little chicken came up to our little, you know, the fence and was looking at me. I hate it. I hate her, right? I'm just making sure that they're all alive. And she had this little like, as chickens had the weirdest noises. But then I just looked at her eyes and she looked back at me and I'm like, I just, my heart went out to her. I'm like, oh, I think she's hungry, you know? I hate her. But through communication, she was requesting food. I hate her, but my heart was softened with the request. And so I just threw some food over. And then she killed one of our other chickens. So we got to, horrible. Yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. Ask. Okay, so here's the thing. How much more, and that's, this is the whole lesson of the teaching here in Luke chapter 11. How much more, if, if I'm willing to give food to something I don't really care about because of a request, how much more will our Father in Heaven give you the Holy Spirit and wisdom? This is what Jesus is saying. So ask and then seek. What does seek imply? It means God is inviting us to pursue Him so He can reveal Himself to you. And that God is not like someone who tantalizes you with a promise, come and seek me, and I'm going to show myself to you, and he never does. But guys, there's an open invitation right now in this moment to seek God like you've never sought him before. And the reason why we seek God is not so we can get tired and exhausted and we never figure him out and God will always remain a mystery. No, we seek God because God delights in showing himself to you. Knock. What does knock mean? Well, it implies a door, right? And God wants to open the door of blessing. So ask, 
seek, knock. These are three present tense imperatives that describe the lifestyle of the follower, follower of Jesus. And then Jesus says, ask, seek, knock. And then he goes, I say again, ask, seek, knock. So not only are these three present imperatives, they're, they're in continuous repetition, which implies that asking, seeking, knocking is not just a one-time thing. When, when I use this illustration a lot, but when I married my wife, I remember my favorite thing was just to kiss her. And I loved kissing her. It would have been weird after I kissed her for the first time after we were married that I stopped and I said, babe, no more kissing. Some of you are looking at me weird. Second surface, I maybe should hold hands. Would that be better <laughs> illustration? So you're like, where are we going with this, guys? I'm going to do holding hands at second service, right? It would have been the weirdest thing if I looked at my wife and said, okay, it's, that was amazing. Wow. I can't wait to kiss you in about 25 years. Right? It, it, of course, never would have happened. That's not how relationships work. We desire to be with each other, right? There is... And in our relationship with the Holy Spirit, when we ask and we seek and we knock, it's not just a one-time thing where maybe God fills us up at, at a camp or maybe God does something extraordinary every now and then. Maybe we have one experience like 25 years ago, you know? No, God wants to continually fill you with his Spirit. We say this often, there is one baptism, but there are multiple fillings thousands upon thousands upon thousands of ways in which God wants to fill you with his spirit. So ask, seek, knock. And then we close here. Jesus says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your kids. In other words, when they're hungry and they ask you for bread, will you give them a rock? Or if they ask for something else, an egg, will you give them something else? scorpion? Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit? So, okay, so big fancy word. This is a hypocatastasis, uh, which is an implied comparison. So Jesus is comparing asking, seeking, knocking to hunger. If you're hungry, you hearing me? If you're hungry, you will ask your parent for some food. And even though they're messed up human beings, they will give you good things. How much more will your father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit? My question here today as we close, and then I'm going to pray for us. Are we hungry for the Holy Spirit? Because when you're hungry, what does that imply? You're not full, right? You desire to be filled up when you're hungry with good nutritious food called maple bars. You want sustenance, right? Hunger drives you, right? And I think one of the problems in the, in the church world is, guys, we are so filled up with other things other missions, dreams, longings, they could be even good things, that we're not hungry for the kingdom of God. 
We're not hungry for the presence of God. We're not hungry for his power. We're not hungry to be filled up with his love. And we wonder why God, in terms of our life, is not experienced more. I think it's the case that we might not be as hungry as we think we are. When you're full, you don't seek to eat. So my question here is today, uh, what are you filled up with? Yeah, that's good. What are you filled up with? Really Do you want the Holy Spirit? Are you hungry for God? Because the power of God and the presence of God depends on our hunger and our longing yes. for Jesus. Guys, I want to be hungry yes. for the Holy Spirit. Yes. I want to be hungry. I want to be passionate. Well, how does that translate? What does that even mean, Chris? It means passion, guys. I want to be passionate about the things of God. I want the Holy Spirit to birth that in me, and I want the Holy Spirit to birth that in all of us this morning. You know, it's, it's, it, this is the a little funny story. As I close, and I'm going to pray. We still got three hours. In and out. I love in and outs coming right over here. God loves me and loves you. I love in and out. Right. If you're from California, you're like, uh, I hear all the Californians, it's not that big of a deal, but I'm like, we're Idahoan, right? And we want In-N-Out. So In-N-Out is, is being built over here. And it's, so, it's so funny. My, my two boys love In-N-Out, my oldest boys, West and NQ. So what we will do strategically, at least once a week, we will go over to In-N-Out and we will just look at the building structure. <laughs> it's, it's weird. I get it. And then my boys, I don't know why they do this, but every time we go by it, they go, I'm like, what are you guys doing? They're boys and they're weird, right? But they're excited about In-N-Out. It's funny, I think about In-N-Out a lot. I'm passionate, it consumes me. Right, do you, that's hunger. That's hunger. I can't wait for September 15th or whenever In-N-Out comes. Thinking about it way too much, guys. In fact, I'm starting to get really hungry right now. Are, are we like that with the Holy Spirit? Are we like that with the kingdom of God? This isn't, obviously, this isn't about judging you, right? Or condemning you. This is about, okay, challenging us into a deeper place of hunger. Because when we're hungry, we ask. When we're hungry, we seek. When we're hungry, we knock. And then God answers. And then God reveals himself to you. And then God opens the door. And then God gives you the Holy Spirit. So I close with, with this last thing. When you're hungry and when you ask for the Holy Spirit to come, or just in general for anything, right? you have to have expectation. You have to believe. So I want to challenge us in this next season. Am I making sense here today? I know I'm a little bit all over the map here, but just go with me. I, um, I think in this next season as a church, we need to believe God for bigger things. I think if we're, if we're not careful, we get sucked into this small framed way of thinking about ourselves. We live from a place of smallness when God wants us to live from a place of expansiveness. I want us to become big frame thinkers. I want us to actually come on a Sunday and expect that cystic fibrosis can be healed. Yes. 
I want us to come on a Sunday and expect God to speak. I want us to come on a Sunday and expect God to work through us to bless other people. I want us to wake up on a Monday morning and then a Tuesday morning. Did I get it right? Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I want us to connect Sunday with the rest of our week and expect that with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. So do we expect, I mean, what did you honestly expect this morning? Do you expect the worship team to play your song? And if they didn't, you're like really frustrated. And that's why you have a stinking look on your face when I get up to preach, you know, it's never happened here. I'm just like, it's just, you know, or you're like, you know, I've heard this many times. Like, I just hope the message meets my needs. Right. And of course we want to meet your needs. And I'm always working on reforming and, and improving to communicate what God puts in my heart. But are we just expecting just okay? Are we expecting God to really move? This next season, I want to make it hard for people to not encounter the living presence of Jesus. God wants to fill you with his power. God wants to bless you right now. Bow your heads, close your eyes. If you want to be filled up today, I want to pray for you. You want the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you. You want to, you want to raise your expectations. I feel like God's calling his church higher. Everyone say higher. God's calling us higher. God's calling us deeper. And if that's what you want, you, you want to get maybe even your hunger back. You want to, in fresh ways, encounter the Holy Spirit. And you want to apply the power of God, yes, to breaking off bondages in your life. Breaking off addictions, deep-seated resentment, anger. But you also want the power of God to flow through you as you build for the kingdom of God and steward the gifts that he has given you for the benefit of other people. If you want the power of God and you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, again... I want you to stand right now. Thank you, Jesus. If you're standing, just close your eyes. Let's just, just wait just a 30 seconds on the Holy Spirit. Just thank you, Holy Spirit, you would come right now. If you can, if you're standing, you can just take your hands and kind of do this. Or you can put your hands in your heart, whatever you want to do. Lord, as we just raise our hands, place our hands on our heart, whatever it is, I thank you, Holy Spirit, you would come and fill your people with your spirit. Pour out your presence and your love. But we want to drink deeply the presence of God. Our desire is not to live for ourselves. Our desire is to live for King Jesus. And we know we need your power to do that. Lord, we want to be a part of a church that's passionate about the living presence of God. So I thank you right now as our hands are raised.
Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, pour out your presence, your love, your power, your sons and daughters. And we say yes right now to you. I thank you that you're raising our expectations. I thank you that you're giving us our hunger back. Just like thinking about a big old cheeseburger. Father, I thank you we would, when we're hungry, I pray we would do the same thing with you. That we would hunger for the things of the kingdom and the values of the kingdom of God. We would prioritize them in our lives. Lord, our desire is for you to work through us to bless the world. And Lord, we make a declaration here today as we are standing that we want to be people who you come to and change. And as you change us, you would work through us to bring change to those around us. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Jesus, Jesus. We just wait. We just listen right now. Say what you want to say. Everyone say, say what you want to say. Do what you want to do. My heart is open to you. We say yes to the Holy Spirit. Jesus, Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to give towards this ministry, learn more about our church and events, or are in need of prayer, please visit capitalchurch.co.